Hi, I'm Abe Denmark. I direct the Asia program at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. And I'm Evan Feigenbaum. I'm vice president for studies at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. And we're talking about the uh, broad scopes of what's happening in the Indo-Pacific. Um, and I guess we'll start uh, by asking Evan, um, what do you see as the main challenges that the Biden team has inherited from their predecessors in the Trump administration? Well, obviously, China in a lot of ways poses the most central strategic challenge to the region because of the way it's emerging and the choices it's making about how it wants to influence not just the Indo-Pacific, but frankly, global order. But from my vantage point, the real issue is that over the last four years, the region hasn't stood still while the United States has been dealing with a lot of things internally, including now some of the legacies of the Trump years. And so the region that President Biden is coming back to in 2021 is not the same one that he left behind when he left the vice presidency in 2017. And above all, it's just that on things like rulemaking, especially around trade and investment standards, those have largely now been baked in by two trade agreements, the comprehensive and progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership and the regional comprehensive economic partnership that don't include the United States. So we hear a lot of talk about how the United States is the central player in the region, but in the economic area, at least, it's really on the outside looking in. And for all the talk about an Indo-Pacific, India, the largest economy in the Indo, is on the outside of both of those agreements, too. So in the economic area, what does the Indo-Pacific mean when the largest Indo economy and the largest Pacific economy are on the outside? So the the U.S. needs to rediscover what it means to be a standard-setting nation and get back in that game. And I think the key part of that is the touch points it's going to have with allies and partners, including the ones that are inside the tent on those. And so that, of course, raises the question of uh, what the new team has inherited from the Trump years on alliances and how they're going to fix what I view as some somewhat broken relationships. I'd be curious how you see that. Yeah, I, I see the allies and partners that we have in Asia as really um, tremendous competitive advantages that we have vis-a-vis um, -vis the Chinese um, and great advantages that we have in terms of setting those standards, setting those um, foundations that you that you were referencing. Um, and I think the administration is in a tough position in that there are some difficult relationships that we're going to have to mend um, with uh, our alliances with Korea um, and to a lesser extent, Japan, I think, have suffered um, uh, over the past four years and will need some help in terms of um, finalizing uh, agreements that, that are at the foundation of our uh, alliances. Um, but more significantly, and I think more, challenge, uh, more of a challenge will be scoping out with them what our alliance is going to be in the future with a more powerful, more assertive China, but also with these countries wanting to do more. Uh, in terms of their roles of the, of, in the alliance, in terms of the Koreans wanting to have operational wartime control, in terms of Japan wanting to have a more uh, significant role as allies working with the United States on regional security issues. Um, but even beyond those two key allies, our relations with uh, our European allies, our relations with Australia, with our partners such as India, the ASEAN countries, uh, even Taiwan, I think all of them need a upgrade, a reassessment about what the region looks like now and how it's going to evolve in the future and how our alliances need to need to adjust. Um, you, you, um, Evan, you um, mentioned China in the beginning. 
um, as sort of, yes, of course, we're going to have to deal with China. And of, of course, that's a huge issue. Um, and the Biden administration has set itself up focusing on China with senior directors for China at the NSC, um, a China advisor in the Pentagon. Um, what do you see as sort of the, the, the first issues that you think need to be addressed when it comes to China, if we're going to be effective in our competition? Well, I think it, you know, the operative word in there is competition. And if we're going to compete with China, then we need to make the kinds of investments at home and in the partnerships in the way that you were talking about that allow us to do that. My view of the last few years that was that there was frankly a lot more whining than competing. Um, and I think one place to start is where you ended your last comment, which is by getting a sense of where the partners were going to need to shape the environment into which China is emerging and that China itself is trying to shape uh, in a way that's consistent with U.S. interests. But the problem that I think the administration is going to have, frankly, is that there's a coalition of the aggrieved out there. A lot of countries share American concerns about China. But turning a coalition of the aggrieved into a coalition for collective action means aligning interests, not just in terms of the diagnosis of the problem, but the prescriptions as well. Uh, and it's not clear when, for example, every major American ally in both Asia and Europe has reached a trade or investment agreement with or inclusive of China in the last 11, 12 weeks, how easy that's going to be. But, you know, maybe the cost sharing agreement with Japan that was reached this week is one place to start. I don't know if you agree, but um, I think they got the right idea of trying to build coalitions and talk to partners about that. Yeah. And you mentioned the coalition of the aggrieved. And I guess this is the last point since we just have a few seconds left, is that these countries also need good relations with China. And there's going to be very few who are willing to sign up to an anti-China coalition. So that's going to really challenge Washington's ability to navigate. Hey, Evan, we're out of time. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you. You bet. Likewise. Thanks. It's been fun. Take care.